Thanks, Bex. Thank you very much. Yes, I did. When I was a, a horrible child that used to sneak under our fence into her back garden, and she had these rabbits in hatches, and I used to let them out, and I used to squirt them with water as well. So I, I was, yeah, the rabbits over the fence. I did. Did you not know that? <laughs> oh, man. Stuff. So, but Jesus did save me. I, I, I do put I did say to Becky, if you're introducing me, you could say that you could take full claim for my salvation because um, she was the only, they were the only Christian family that we were around kind of growing up and um, her family used to pray for their neighbours and stuff and then 18 years later I became a Christian. So, um, so yeah, so me and Becky were like in school all the way through. She was like a really good girl and I was like a really naughty boy and stuff and we never really crossed and then we both ended up in church together and now events like this. So amazing the grace of God and how it works and stuff. So it is a pleasure serving with, with Becky. I've loved the, the conference so far. Um, I have the privilege of kind of sitting with Ben and, and thinking through, okay, what do we want this conference to look like, how do we want to shape it, and, and um, what we're feeling to bring um, into the mix uh, a kind of few days like this. And, and over the last number of years, we've really kind of come at it with, with just wanting to equip, like equipping, equipping, equipping. What are the key issues that young people are facing, and, um, and how can we kind of speak into that? And that's why we had uh, Rachel last year on speaking to young people in mental health. We've had um, the guys from Youthscape coming and speaking on sex and relationships and young people and, and, and self-harm and schools work and stuff. And we've very much kind of geared the program up. This year, we just felt like God was, was wanting to bring something of his heartbeat into, um, into the room, and particularly for us as, as youth leaders. And um, uh, I've just loved the way we've kind of seen these foundations of, of mercy, foundation of grace, foundation of dealing with shame, and, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm just feeling undone by a lot of what, what we've already heard, and um, just feeling like wanting to take hold of it for myself, and then see it, then go from, 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 from me into the young people that I'm serving uh, and that I'm working with. And uh, hopefully in this session, we'll just kind of um, take that a little bit deeper. We'll just bring this whole kind of thread and heartbeat of discipleship. And what does it really look like to see young people uh, walking with Jesus and living their life um, with him and for him? We're going to get probably a little bit more practical um, in this session. And uh, I'm going to share stuff that very much is at the heart of what we do in our youth setting, but believe that the, the principles that we'll be looking at are stuff that you can then contextualize into your setting. And, um, and whether you are in a group of, of a couple of young people or whether you're in a group of 500 young people, I believe the principles will still be the same and very much stuff that we can, we can take and look at and say, how do we really see young people come through um, as being disciples of Jesus? So as I said, it's... Um, Myself and Ali that are going to be doing the session, I have the privilege of working um, alongside Ali um, at our church in just out on the outskirts of Southampton, King's Community Church. We're both employed by the church as youth pastors. Um, part of that is working with young people in the church, um, but we also spend a lot of time connecting with young people in the community. We run a mentoring program, so we're in schools quite a lot of our, our time and uh, mentoring young people for a whole host of different reasons um, in schools and running behavioural groups and, and self-worth groups and, and anger management groups and, and stuff like that. And, um, and also, um, Ali works part-time um, in a residential centre for young women and um, supporting um, uh, young women that are facing some really tough stuff in their life and going in and uh, running a house for young women 
And uh, at the moment, I'm also training to be a youth counsellor. So that's another thing that I just started uh, this year, which uh, is, is exciting and enjoying. So that's the kind of the framework that we're coming from when we're looking at this subject of discipleship. Very much how do we see young people in the church, outside the church, in different settings, come through in knowing Jesus and looking to follow him um, in their lives. I'd love to start by just getting you to do a 30-second challenge. So just turn to the person next to you and uh, share one highlight that you have from working with young people. You've got 30 seconds. Go. It's great to hear so many people sharing. I didn't give you too long. I'm sure if I gave you longer, you could just go around and share many highlights of working with young people. Working with young people can be so much fun. Uh, As someone that feels committed to give my life to working with young people, felt very much called um, when I first became a Christian at 18 to uh, invest into discipleship and working with young people. And that's never really gone away. I I feel um, uh, uh, youth work is something that Jesus has called me to um, invest my life into. And with that, there's there's so many highlights to it. I love just the fun that you can have with young people. I love the the realness of young people. I love the the just the openness to just explore stuff and debate stuff and work stuff through. uh, yeah, I just they, my life is full of highlights because of the, the call that God has, has given me to, to serve and work with young people. There's a lot of highlights to it. But also, I know that if I ask you to share the challenges of working with young people, we could get just as much conversation going. That young people, uh, working with young people, youth ministry, is full of highs, but it's also full of great challenge. And uh, that's a tension that, that I know I, just as a youth pastor, I have to kind of live in all the time, of the good, the bad, the ugly. The, the yes, they're getting it right. Yes, they're going forward. Yes, we're seeing breakthrough. Yes, this, this kind of uh, initiative is, is taking off and, and working and going forward. Yes, we're seeing favor in this school or in this place. Or, or we, we just, we've, we've seen um, a young person that was, was heading that way, and now they've turned around and they're, they're going to this way. Seeing young people getting baptized and just the joy of, of seeing young people taking that step. Seeing young people make commitments. Seeing young people walk with, with Jesus can be such a joy. But also the challenge the challenge that can come for working with young people. We've been hearing some of that as we've been going through these sessions, that, that young people, one minute they can look like they're, they're getting it right and they're moving forward, the next minute they can just make the most stupidest decisions and end up in a total mess. The, the young people that you've invested in and invested in and invested in, and then they just say, actually, I'm not interested anymore, anymore, and they walk away. And having to deal with that and having to work that through, the young people that... that make crazy decisions in their relationships or, or when they're out with their friends and, 
and you feel like, yeah, like, this is someone that I thought was going to be a real leader and really come through and be a real example. And yet now, look at the decisions they're making and stuff and having to deal with that. As a, as a youth work, we've, over the last couple of years, we've had to deal with, with young people taking their lives, of suicide, of young people's parents taking their life, of, of, of dealing with that and working that through, of working with young people that are struggling with, with uh, mental health issues and, and, and just the challenges of life. So it can be great, it can be good, but it also can be a massive challenge. When it comes to working with young people, though, one of the things that I've always felt is so important is the call to make disciples. That as a youth leader, I, I realise quite quickly that it's easy to gather a crowd, that, that you can, if you put on a, a good night, you can get young people through the door, that in one sense, you can create a certain environment that sees young people make commitments. Young people love kind of the... Um, the thought of some of the stuff that, that you can kind of share with, with, with the, the good news of Jesus, it, it's very attractive to a lot of young people. And you can see young people make disciples. But the importance of seeing young people come right through as disciples, that, yeah, we want to see them make commitments, we want to see them gathered in, but ultimately we want to see them come through as disciples of Jesus, ones that look to him, ones that walk with him, ones that follow him, ones that give their whole life to living for him. And living with him. And looking at a talk on discipleship, I think the right place to start is by looking at what does the Bible say. The Bible calls us to make disciples. The Great Commission says, go therefore and make, and make disciples. Matthew 22, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're called to make disciples. Jesus is in the business of making disciples, of calling people to follow him. And if we're here and we're serving young people and we've got a heart for young people and we're working with young people, then we're called to see young people become disciples of him, to learn what it is to walk with him, to know him, to follow him, to submit to him, to worship him, to love him, to be obedient to that that he would ask of them, to that that he would ask of their life. The call to make disciples. I've lived over the years of, well, what's, what's the, the mission of our, of our youth work? What's the vision of our youth work? And I can't get away from, from well, Scripture tells us what the mission is. It's to go and make disciples. It's to see, to see whoever we're serving become disciples of Jesus, to be followers of him. That whatever role you play as a youth leader or one that ministers to young people, your role is to see them become followers of him. Whether you do pastoral work, whether you do evangelistic work, whether you're predominantly working with young people in church or outside church in the community, whether you just like to sit and chat to young people, whether you create quite a social context for young people, whether you are someone that counsels young people, whether you're someone that just takes young people on crazy adventures, with whatever it is that you're doing, the role you play should always be with the aim to see young people become disciples of Jesus, to become followers of him. Does your youth ministry make disciples? Or does the ministry that you're part of with young people enable young people to, be, to move forward as disciples of Jesus? 
as youth leaders, and we've been hearing about this a little bit throughout the last few sessions, is, is the whole thing of, of dependency. And um, as youth leaders, it can be easy to, to make young people dependent on us. I find this particularly in our role in, in going into schools and mentoring. Young people can become very dependent on us um, as people and as individuals. Sometimes we're the only positive influence that's coming in and connecting with them and talking to them and supporting them and speaking into their lives. But even in our um, church youth groups, we can get young people that put us on pedestals and look to us and become dependent on who we are and what we say and our voice into their life. But one of the things I've always been struck with, that it's not about us, it's about us making disciples of him. That we're called to see young people follow him, make decisions to look to him and to live for him in their life. That our role is to be his voice and his example in pointing young people to him. Examples of his goodness, of his grace, of his mercy. Goodness, grace, and mercy that reveals who he is and what it is to follow him. Do you make disciples of him? When you look at the young people that you're working with, are you always pointing them to him? Are the young people that you work with more dependent on you or are they more dependent on him? If you weren't there with the young people that you work with, would it all fall apart? Would they end up nowhere? Because actually they're more dependent on you than they're dependent on him. Or if you took you out of the equation, are they built into a relationship where they're trusting him, looking to him, walking with him, and know what it is to, to follow him within their life? See, discipleship is a journey. It is a journey. And um, if you work with young people on any level, you'll know the journey um, uh, with young people can, can just go on all kinds of different, in different um, kinds of ways. And as a, as a youth worker and as a youth team, we've really kind of grappled with this, of what is it that we're looking for with young people? What, what is it that we want to see them come through in? And um, how do we really kind of play this role of, of, um, of making disciples with the young people that God has put within our care? Or not even just within our care, but within our community. How do we see those young people that, that live in our streets and in the houses around where we do church and where we do mission? How do we see them come through and come through as disciples of Jesus? And... Um, one of the things that we've kind of landed in is something that we, we've kind of embraced as a team of what we call the discipleship journey. And uh, we use this quite a lot um, in grappling with what we're doing, the, the kind of the, the program that we put on with young people, and how each area of our youth work connects with seeing young people come through as disciples, whether that's us working with them in school or working with them in the church building. And um, I just want to kind of really over this next little chunk of time, myself and then Ali, will just take us through this kind of concept of, of the discipleship journey. And um, in one sense, we're going to share stuff and you might say, yeah, that kind of fits and that's great, I can take stuff. You might go, actually, it doesn't really kind of fit. But hopefully the principles will come through. So we've, we've kind of put together this thing called the discipleship journey that we use um, within kind of our, our youth setting. And um, it's, it's stolen a little bit from the Engel scale, 
I don't know if uh, you're familiar with that. I, uh, it's um, something that's kind of out there in the, in the Christian world. But we've kind of stolen that, so we can't kind of take claim for it and stuff, um, and then kind of adapted it to, to our work with young people. So we're going to kind of go through this a bit and then grapple with it in teams and kind of look at it with the whole kind of principle of thinking through discipleship of young people. And for us, the discipleship journey um, is something that we look at from minus 10 through to plus 10. So we put kind of young people on a, on a scale. And it's, it's not something how we're kind of measuring their achievement and stuff. It's just something that helps us look at and say, okay, young people are in different places. And all the young people that we work with kind of connect in um, at a different understanding, um, a different kind of awareness, a diff- different kind of engagement. And, um, and for us to kind of look at that and say, okay, well, where are the young people that we're connecting with at? And how do we see them kind of move forward? So we kind of look at this scale of kind of minus 10 to plus 10. And the reason we do that is because Jesus is present throughout the whole thing, but we believe there's a point where young people make a commitment to Jesus. So we put that as the kind of center place. I don't think it's very central in my... Oh, yeah, maybe it looks more central there than it does on my laptop. So we kind of put Jesus in the middle. And when we put that there, we we look at that as the point where a young person makes a commitment to Jesus to say, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to give my life to him, I'm going to become a disciple of Jesus. But one of the things that we're aware of is, is many of the young people that we work with don't start at that place. That and we'll be aware of this of just as, as people, that for many of us and many of the young people we work with, they start way before that. That Jesus breaks in in their life, but there's been a whole journey to that point where they've come to know him and come into a relationship uh, with him. The other thing that we're aware of, that when someone makes a commitment to Jesus, there's a whole journey after that of then what does it look like to kind of see that fruit. So we've kind of put this discipleship journey together and we say there's minus 10 to plus 10, commitment to Jesus in the middle, and there's a journey um, the way throughout. We've then kind of labelled it as, as two ends of the spectrum. So the, the kind of minus 10 area um, we put as part of the crowd or lost. That there is young people in our community that are out there, they're just part of the crowd, they're living their life, they've got no awareness of Jesus, they don't know who he is, they don't know about the gospel, they don't know kind of anything to do with the Christian faith, faith and, and they're, they're dead in their, their sins and they are completely lost. And Jesus would often go to the crowd. He would engage with the crowd. So if we see that through the, the Gospels, that Jesus would, would gather the crowd and then he would minister to the crowd. And out of the crowd, he would then start working with individuals. At the other end of the um, spectrum, we, we kind of call it, and you can put your own kind of terminology on, on where you kind of sit with this. So we call it the, the passionate follower. That, that one, one, one side is the kind of just lost young person to the other end is the passionate follower of Jesus, someone that is wholeheartedly living for him, that is is kind of 100% in, that they've made a commitment to him, and they are are kind of running after all that that he has and all that um, he's about um, and all that they can um, within him. So we have these kind of two spectrums, and we kind of look at our young people and say, okay, what what part of this youth work is connecting with, with which type of young person, and how are we kind of seeing them kind of move forward? So I just want you to kind of grapple with this a little bit, and just to kind of think this through, and just to get you to kind of start in that place, I just want to ask you to discuss within your tables, what to you 
does a passionate follower look like? So if you were thinking of a young person passionately following Jesus, how would you describe them? What would you be kind of, what would you be expecting to see within their life, within their actions, with how they're living, with what they're doing? Um, what, what would you kind of, what would be the things that you would go, yeah, because of that, I can say I, I, they're a passionate follower of Jesus. Discuss it, a few minutes, um, three minutes, and then uh, we'll kind of move on to the next bit. <clears throat> Okay, let's draw it back. I'd be really interested in getting feedback from you guys, though it just wouldn't be practical to, to get every team to feedback on what you would kind of see as a passionate follower of Jesus. Let's bring it back. I'm not that vicious. For us, we spent quite a while just looking at this and grappling with it and saying, okay, well, what is it that we're looking for as, as passionate followers? We, we didn't just kind of look at this with eyes for, for our young people. We looked at it for, for, for ourselves as well. If we're to be examples to young people, if we're to, to be those that are, um, are role models to them and, and kind of um, leading them, then what, what is it that we're looking for um, in us as team? What are the things that we're kind of putting in place? What's the stuff that, that, that we're kind of trying to work through and grapple with and, and establish in our lives? Because if we're expecting it of young people, but we're not living out ourselves, then, then what, what, are we kind of, what are we saying? Uh, where's the integrity of that? So this is stuff that we've kind of looked at um, as, as youth leaders and saying, okay, this is the stuff that we're looking for with our young people, but, but ultimately we want to then work through and challenge ourselves on it and say, okay, if, if this is what I believe a passionate follower is, then we're all called to be passionate followers. We're called to be sold out for him. So then we want to kind of see that established. So we're going to spend a little bit of time just looking at kind of some of the stuff that, that we've kind of come up with, with what we felt was, um, was key for, for seeing young people come through. And the way that we kind of did this is we looked at, at putting the journey into four stages, and, or four, five stages. So we've got part of the crowd. We then very much saw, see from Scripture, that Jesus, he went to the crowd, and then he looked for the person of peace. He was looking for, okay, well, who, who's connecting? Who's open, open up to this? Who's, who's the one that, that, that I'm, I'm kind of wanting to, to, to take out of the crowd and start to kind of journey with? So we kind of see these two, two stages in minus 10 to, to zero of you're part of the crowd, but then you kind of move into the person of peace kind of stage. And Ali's going to come and talk a little bit more about kind of that stage. But from kind of making a, a commitment to Jesus through to becoming a passionate follower, we saw that it kind of falls into two stages. The first stage is the new believer stage. And we recognize that with young people sometimes, and even with ourselves, some of this stuff can take years and years. But we see this as kind of the foundational stuff, the stuff that, that when we first see a young person moving forward with Jesus, this is the stuff that we want to see them kind of connect with, engage with, start to learn about, and start to see implemented into their life. And then we see it kind of moving on to the passionate follower stage. So I'm going to talk in those kind of two, two terms. So firstly, the new believer stage. Now, I would assume that most of you would probably come up with, with, with this kind of stuff, the stuff that we're, we're talking about. I, I wouldn't have thought there would be anything that would be majorly surprising to you if I asked you the question of, well, what's some of the foundational stuff we want to see young people connect with? So we've got these kind of six areas that we're looking for in our young people once they've made commitments to Jesus. Firstly, that they turn away from sin, that they have a heart to turn away 
from that that doesn't please God in their life. That we're all called to live a life of repentance. Now, this isn't that we always get it perfect. It's not that we always get it completely right. And, and knowing, uh, having journeyed with Jesus for, for many years now, there's still sin and stuff that I, I'm battling with and I'm tempted with and I fall into at times and, and stuff. But, but my heart as a disciple of Jesus is if, if, if sin is here and God's there, then I'm going, I don't want that. I want you, God. And yeah, okay, I got tempted again, but I don't want that. I want you, God. And that's enticing, but I want you, God. And that's what I'm looking for in young people, that they know what pleases God. They know that actually sin brings death, that sin damages, that sin destroys, and that God has saved them to something better, has saved them for freedom, that they don't need to, to, to be enticed by sin, they don't need to battle with that, that actually they can, they can find freedom, they can find grace and mercy and love and goodness and freedom in Jesus. So firstly, I'm looking for young people that they've got a heart as they walk with Jesus to turn away from sin and turn to God. That they read scripture, that they take the word of God seriously, God has given us amazing revelation in his word. God has, has, has given us the word of God that is living and active, that's powerful, that's been given to us for teaching, for rebuking, for challenging, for training in righteousness, for wisdom, to know God, to see God, to encounter God. So I want my young people to, to know the importance of what it is to take the word of God seriously, to look to implement it into their life, to get familiar with it, to know it, to understand it, to embrace it. As a youth team, we felt really challenged um, just last year on the, the whole thing of when young people come to us and, and, and they bring us their problems or they talk to us about stuff, are, are we quick to give them our opinion, or are we quick to take them to the word of God? And just felt really challenged personally, and kind of brought it to the team of, of the amount of times where young people say to me, I'm struggling with this, or I've got this going on, and I say, oh, this is what I think you should do, or this is, this is what I would do in that situation, or rather than going, actually, okay, you've got that going on, why don't we go and look at what the Bible says? Why don't we take kind of um, some time just to understand, well, what does God say about that? And start to equip them, rather than thinking, okay, my youth leader is the fountain of all knowledge, actually see that my youth leader is someone that can help me to understand the word of God so that I can see the word of God impl implemented in my life. Because when the youth leader's not there, then they would know, well, actually, I don't need to get the opinion of, of a youth leader. Actually, I can go and, and see what God says because my youth leader has trained me and helped me to understand what the word of God says. So we want to see them kind of understanding scripture. We spend time kind of valuing the word of God in our youth group. We spend time looking at the word of God, speaking from the word of God, saying to young people, let's, let's chat about the word of God. Let's meet up and read it together. Actually, the word of, like, so many young people, they, so many disciples find understanding the word of God just hard. Like, it's, it, it can become, we can turn it into a chore, whereas actually the word of God brings life to us. So, okay, how can we creatively engage with this? How can we make it simple? So I, I challenge my young people, like, when you're on the toilet, rather than sitting on your phone, get the Bible, read it through, or, like, just read a couple of verses and stuff. So I challenge all my young people, like, when you're doing a poo, go to the Bible, like, and stuff. Because every day they have to sit and do a poo. So, 
like, that's a chunk of time. They say, I'm too busy. No, you're not. You're not you, you poo, so, so read the Bible. Like, okay. And they go, oh, okay, I can connect with that and stuff. Or just get some highlights and start just, like, read one chapter a day and just kind of highlight it. Three minutes of your, of your day, kind of go through it. Or, or once a week, just go. So not kind of putting a legalistic view on, it, on them, but just let's think practically, how do we kind of get into this? We want to see them pray. We want to see young people connecting with the fact that, that God is present in their life, that he wants to speak to them and he wants to hear them, that they can talk to him, that as youth leaders, we're not always there, but Jesus is always there. You can talk to him, you can engage with him, he, you can hear from him, you can spend time worshipping him. So I want to install a foundation of prayer in, in the lives of my young people, that if you're really serious about walking with Jesus, then let's work out what does it look like to talk to him, to pray with him, using simple things like the, why don't you just every morning say one thing that you're thankful for, one thing that you're sorry for, and one thing that um, you're asking for. Like five minutes of your, of your morning, three things. Just like, If you do that every day, you'll start to kind of connect more and more with prayer just before you go to bed. Why don't you kind of um, just jot a couple of prayers um, down um, on your phone and just a couple of times throughout the day, just get, get your phone out, look at them and just kind of pray them through. We've, as a youth group, spent time just having creative prayer nights of different ways to kind of just connect with God and pray and, and, and use like whole loads of... I said to the young people, we're going to spend two hours praying. And you saw their faces like, oh my gosh. I said, but we've got 10 stations. You're going to go, you're going to spend five minutes just going through kind of a station or 10 minutes or whatever. And, um, and, and they got to the end, they were like, wow, I didn't know we could pray for that long and stuff. So just showing them, well, you could do some of this stuff at home. You can do some of this stuff when you're, when you're not with us and stuff. So looking to kind of get prayer. Sharing stories and testimonies of answers to prayer and stuff, inspiring them for the power of prayer. So we want to see them pray. Baptize in water. Take baptism seriously. For me, when a young person makes a commitment, I go, yeah, that's great. And I don't want to diminish, um, kind of um, reduce the, the, the significance of a young person kind of committing their life to Jesus. Like, that is incredible. But... For, for me, I, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, that's wonderful, and I celebrate that. When a young person gets baptized, I'm like, wow. Like, for me, that's the point where it's like, you're, you're in now. Like, you are, you're giving yourself to this. Like, there's, when you have to stand up publicly and say, this is what my life's about, I just, I, it just fills me with such joy and stuff. And maybe I need to be challenged a little bit on that. But, but I just think baptism is such a key thing. Believe and be baptized. And... And take that seriously and stuff. So we, we kind of teach on that. We give opportunities for young people to get baptized. And um, we celebrate that with them. Being filled with the Spirit. That young people can know the presence of God in their life. They can be filled with him. That he wants to meet with them and encounter them. He wants to fill them. He wants to equip them. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I need to receive the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. To walk and to live into all that God um, has for me and asks of me. So I want to see my young people filled with the Spirit. I want them to know that, that it, this isn't just about living a load of rules. It's not just about kind of good morals or good behavior. This is about them being equipped and empowered by, the, by, by God himself to, to live life for him. So we've taken chunks of time just to, to, to teach on the Holy Spirit and teach on being filled with the Spirit and giving time to, to just encounter the Holy Spirit and to meet with him. So I want to see that as a foundation in them. And to be committed to church. The church is God's plan A. It's God's plan A. Jesus came to establish the church. He died so the church could be kind of 
his bride on the earth. We, we've, we've got to call young people to commit to local church, to see they've got a role within local church, that the local church is important. And uh, yeah, it's great that they can kind of come in and connect in with, with, with stuff, projects that we put on, but ultimately we want to see them established as part of the local church. So they're kind of the six things that we would be looking for in that kind of first stage of the journey. So we, t- we teach on this stuff. We create cult, um, a context for them to, to connect with it. We meet with them one-to-one and t- talk about this stuff. Where are you at? How are you doing? How can we help? What can we kind of put in place? What, what, out of these six things, what would be the one thing that's most challenging you at the moment? What's kind of what you're battling with? What you're struggling with? Let's talk about that. Let's put that in place. And um, how do we creatively inspire them for, for this stuff to see them kind of move forward? So... Um, so that would be kind of the new believer stage. We then kind of would have another six things that we're looking for in a passionate follower. And um, uh, to be honest, I think we spend more time kind of, uh, particularly over the last year, kind of looking at mo- more of those kind of foundational things. But we want to see young people kind of move, move um, kind of forward on their journey. So these are kind of the six things that we would look for in seeing young people kind of move forward in discipleship. Pursuing God in good and bad times. I've um, noticed that sometimes young people um, find it easy that when everything's bad, that's when they connect with God. So I've got some young people I can think of straight away that when things are tough, they're there. They're just, they're, they're just there. They're hungry for God. As soon as stuff's good, don't really see them. They're not really that interested. I've got other young people that when things are good, they're like there. They're like, yeah, Jesus has is, 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 is got my life and I'm living for Jesus. As soon as something bad happens, they're like, oh, Jesus doesn't care about me. He's not interested. I'm not interested in him. And they're gone and stuff. And I, I kind of see that a lot of young people either fit into one camp or the other um, in kind of an immature kind of stage. But wanting to see young people come through to actually when, when God is good, I'm all in for him. And when, God's, when, when life is, is, is bad, sorry, when, when life is good, I'm all in for Jesus. And when life is a challenge, I'm all in for Jesus. And I see that as kind of a, 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 a maturity um, of, of young people's faith when they're in, in the good and the bad times. So looking to kind of speak into that, to challenge them in that, to, to, to be with them in, in kind of those moments and talk about what does it look like to, to, to walk with Jesus when things are going well? And what does it look like to walk with Jesus when things are tough? How do you find him in those places? To grow in spiritual gifts. So talking and teaching on different um, gifts of the Spirit what it looks like to, to live that out, who what kind of what that God has gifted them in, and how they can kind of um, uh, um, see those demonstrated and stuff. How do they kind of live out the spiritual, the, the gifts of God in their schools, in their colleges? When we gather as kind of um, church together and as youth together, and kind of seeing those demonstrated, serving in local church. So not just kind of committed to local church. I suppose committed church can can involve serving, but actually just finding that they've got a role to play within um, local church and serving within local church. Giving to local church. When we first did this, we didn't have giving on it, and I just felt Jesus really spoke to me and challenged me on that and said, actually, an adult disciple, we would expect them to give. Part of our membership into church is that you give, but how are we equipping young people in, in, in giving? So we look at giving of your time, of your treasures, and of your talents. And um, we've got a, a couple of weeks coming up with our young people um, at this term where we're just going to spend some time teaching and challenging them on, on, on giving and what that looks like and the reasons behind that. Sharing faith with others. So if they're a passionate follower of Jesus, then they're equipped to share their faith with others. 
to talk about what does it look like to, 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 to share the gospel with their friends and those that they come into contact with and supporting others in their faith. So looking to kind of disciple and see other people come along on the journey. So that's the kind of naught to plus 10 stage. Um, new believers, kind of foundational stage and uh, passionate follower stage. Ali's now going to come and talk about the first half. Hello, can you hear me? Wonderful. Okay, so I love this stage of the discipleship journey. Um, For the seven or eight years that I've been a youth worker, this is predominantly the area that I work in. Um, It is one of the most challenging, I think, seeing a young person coming from someone who doesn't know Jesus at all, maybe has an idea who Jesus is, but coming in to the youth group or to a church setting and then giving their life to Jesus. It is so exciting. I love it, seeing a young person coming in and knowing Jesus, engaging with us as youth leaders or in the community um, at church because we have something to give them. We have hope. Where young people are just, in this day and age, just going around looking for something. They need hope, and we have that to give them in Jesus. So that's why I find it so exciting. So we're just going to look at the areas. So firstly, part of the crowd. So obviously... When someone is part of the crowd, they need to kind of be invited in. They need to meet someone who's a Christian, quite obvious, hey? They need to engage with someone, whether that's you as a youth leader, a young person who's invited their friend from school to your youth group. Um, they need to meet someone and be invited into um, church, youth group, to be introduced to Jesus in some way. So that is the start of the journey, the start of someone coming in and being part of the crowd. Then they might experience um, a social action. Do we have a slide? Oh, is it there? Sorry. I can't do two things at once, even though I'm a woman. Um, so they might experience social action. So you, I don't know what you think of when you think of social action. Maybe in your mind you go straight to, well, that must mean that I have to do a massive youth club on a Friday night, or that must mean that I have to go into schools every single day and engage with a young person who doesn't know Jesus. But social action is sharing the love of Jesus in a certain way. So it could be that you do a series of your young people at church looking at injustice. So what does the Bible say? How can we serve and love people? It might be that it's doing a car wash on a Saturday night, going down somewhere and being like, do you know what? We're going to share the love of Jesus, just washing people's cars. And somebody who doesn't know Jesus sees you, a young person sees that and be like, why the heck are there loads of young people cleaning cars on a Saturday? Surely they should be in bed. Like, it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. So that is what I mean by social action. How are we showing the love of Jesus? And as Wayne said, in um, KCC, the two ways that we mainly do that, and a Friday night we have a youth club that runs, and we also do smaller setting, uh, smaller groups midweek that we um, engage with people that don't know Jesus. Um, and we also do mentoring within schools. So me and um, Wayne go into schools and do mentoring, looking at issues like anxiety, mental health, depression, family breakdown. So that's kind of um, a giving example of social action. Obviously, I don't know all of you. Um, I know a small amount of you, actually, and what you do in your youth groups. So I want you to discuss in your teams... What areas um, do you do social action? What role does it play? Or can it play? So you might be sitting there thinking, we don't really do any stuff that's outreach-related, social action-related. So what can you do as a youth group? The question should be on the screen. There you go. So discuss, three minutes, what role can social action play in your youth group? Let's draw our discussions. Wayne spoke for too long, so we have to do this a bit quick. (laughs) He talks quite a lot. So bring your discussions. Hopefully you've got a few ideas. Um, how are you as a, a church youth group showing Jesus' love in the community? Shh. One of the next parts of the part of the crowd stage of the discipleship journey 
um, could be experiencing signs and wonders. So there's a great story in the book of Acts, chapter 3, where Peter and John see a beggar at the gate called Beautiful. And this beggar, it says in the Bible, is there every single day begging for money. And Peter and John come across this man. He's at the gate, and he asks them for money. And they say, silver or gold, I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he gets up and walks, and he's dancing around. And it says in the scripture, if you read it, that the people looked on this beggar, and they recognized that that was the beggar that was sat at the gate. And they're like, what? Like, he's walking? How is he walking? What I I love about that story is sometimes we can forget, actually, that the name of Jesus is powerful, that when, like Wayne was saying, are we quick to go to Scripture and what the Bible says, or are we quick to give our own opinion? I know for me that God's been challenging this for me really recently in our setting, in our youth group. Am I quick when a young person comes to me on a Friday night who doesn't know Jesus, and they just offload their problems, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, I can, there's this charity that can help you with that, or let's go to um, the food bank, or let's go to the benefit system and help you with that. But actually, I've got the most powerful thing, Jesus. I can pray for them, and I believe that Jesus can impact their situation there and then. And that's what happened at the gate um, of Beautiful with this beggar. Peter and John, they didn't, give, they didn't have gold and silver. They had nothing. But they were like, we have Jesus. Let's pray. And miraculously, he got up and walked. And there's a story that um, in our youth group, we had a guy that came through the doors in our Friday night youth um, project. And um, he came in. He literally, got, I think he got invited by a friend, had no background. His family went, um, no background, no Christian background. His family weren't Christians. And he came in on a Friday night just thinking, I'm just going to have a great time with my friends, hang out a bit, uh, have a little party, and then go home. But he was talking to one of our youth leaders, and he said to our youth, um, one of the youth team, oh, I've got a really bad problem with my eyesight. And like, what, the youth team were like, oh. So I chatted to him and said, can I pray for you? And the young person was like, yeah, of course you can. So our youth team member prayed for this kid, and in that moment, his eyesight completely changed, literally in that moment. And from that point, this young person has gone through the journey and is now serving in the church, gave his life to Jesus, got baptized. His mum is now in the church, I think she's been baptized, following Jesus wholeheartedly. Because that team member were like, actually, I could say all this stuff and support you, but I want to pray for you. And God intervened in that moment, and that young person's life is transformed. It has been transformed, which is just amazing. So we remember that you have the name of Jesus. You can pray for situations where you're like, oh, flip, I literally don't know what to say to you. Pray impact that young person say I believe that Jesus wants to intervene in your situation and he will and he can transform a young person's heart there and then um, the next one get invited to a Christian event so often obviously this scale can be a bit messy it doesn't have to go like in order but a young person who maybe have experienced something of God you've had a few conversations with them and you're actually can I invite you to something that might be a Sunday morning new day but I want to challenge you again here. It's quite funny. When you do a talk on something, God challenges you, like, really near the talk. So you're like, are you doing that? And I'm like, oh, no. So I was challenged probably about a couple of months ago. Um, when, we, when we interact with young people who don't know Jesus, and they're like, oh, so what's this whole Jesus thing about? And you're like, do you know what? There's a great event in August called New Day that you could come to. But if it's September, New Day's just happened, so they've got 11 months to wait. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, there is other things they could come to. New Day is fantastic. I'm not saying don't invite kids to New Day because it is amazing. But what I'm saying is, are we quick to be like, oh, think about the big and New Day and the kids, they're going to meet Jesus there, so let me just, like, build a relationship with them and don't invite them to anything until New Day. But actually, you're at church. Your youth groups are at church. You have Sunday mornings that you can invite young people to. 
which Jesus is saying there as he's at New Day. Jesus can impact their lives. Invite them Sunday mornings. Invite them to your midweek faith stuff with your other young people. So do you know, what do you do on Tuesday? Do you want to come along to um, this faith thing that we have? We kind of explore a bit, ma- bit more about Jesus, Christianity. It, you're kind of inquisitive, so why don't you come and just find out a bit more? There's things in your, I'm sure, in your church that you can invite young people to. So the next stage, person of peace. So this is when the young person is kind of accepting the message that you're saying. So they're kind of um, having more questions. They want to know more. They want to maybe take the next step. So they might connect with a group of Christians, so your youth group, the kids that come on your faith-based stuff, they're kind of coming into that setting and they want to connect. As we heard this morning from um, Will, actually their whole theory of belongingness is so important and so important for young people. They're searching for a sense of belonging. They want friends. They want relationships. They want to be understood. And actually, if your youth group is that for that young person, that's so powerful. If they come into your youth group, um, by youth group I mean your faith-based stuff in the midweek, if they come into that and feel like, wow, like they're, these people, there's something different about them. I feel welcomed. I feel accepted. What is it about them? That will start more questions going on in their heads. And we had the privilege of taking 12 um, kids who didn't know Jesus to New Day from our Friday night youth group. So we kind of built a relationship with them and we took them at the New Day just gone. They came along with us and they got really impacted. Half of them made commitments to Jesus, which was amazing. But when we came back, we kind of, um, from New Day to now, we've been really like struggling a bit. Like, why are these kids like, not really coming anymore? Why are they not really engaging? Yes, we can take them up for Nando's because they never say no to Nando's. But they're not really kind of coming into the youth group on a Tuesday. They're not really clicking with the kids, the guys that know Jesus. And there was this divide that we found between kind of the kids that didn't know Jesus and the kids that did. So as leaders, like, they were coming to us, which is really good. But like Wayne said, we can't be the source of their hope. They've got to connect with their peers to kind of... Obviously, Jesus can impact however he wants to, but we found that that was why they weren't necessarily coming in. And... I'm not saying that it's down to our um, kids on a Tuesday that that's their fault because they're not coming at all. Actually, if a young person comes into a youth group and they're like, wow, I feel so belong, I feel such a sense of belonging. I feel so welcomed here. That will make a huge difference to that young person. And we've got to teach our kids who know Jesus about mission. We've got to say, guys, these kids don't know Jesus. Why, why, they'll be like, why should I go and talk to them? Come on, like, include them. They're on this journey. Bring them with you. Don't just let the leaders do the whole, like, oh, yeah, come on, come out with me and come to my house. It's the peers. They want their peers to do it, and that is so powerful. So teach your, the Christian guys in a youth club how to do mission. What is mission? Why should they evangelize to these kids? Some kids might not even know why they should. But let's be teaching our Christian kids the importance of bringing those who don't, don't know Jesus, their peers, with them on their journey. Um, see faith in action. So this one links back to how we are equipping our passionate followers. Again, how, um, how their peers are kind of acting out their face. If a young person doesn't know Jesus comes in and they see a peer going, oh, I want to pray for you. They're like, what? Like, you're my age. You're probably going through similar stuff to me. And you believe in this stuff and actually you're living it out. Like, that's a really powerful tool for the young people who don't know Jesus. To see a peer, their friend, someone in the youth group, living out their faith. Again, we need to be teaching into this stuff. Come on, guys, let's be courageous. Let's be bold with the gospel. For when these kids come in from the community who don't know Jesus, they see something different about us. We don't just hang out here on a Tuesday or whatever night your youth group is. There's something different. And lastly, but probably the most important, hear the gospel. 
So if a person of peace, a young person comes in who's inquisitive, they're exploring Christianity, they're looking at what this whole Jesus thing is all about, they need to hear the gospel. And in order for them to hear the gospel, we need to be telling and sharing the gospel. Again, another challenge that God challenged me about actually this time last year at Centre Parks. We used to have um, like we call like a God slot or a middle slot in our um, outreach programme. And the kids would just be so noisy, and it just really annoyed me. I was like, I just can't do it anymore. Like, they're just chatting over me. Like, I want them to listen to me. So I was like, oh, let's just stop it. Why well, just stop? Why not? And last year at Centre Parks, God was like, well, if you're not, you're not sharing the gospel, so how do you expect these young people... Yes, they might be, like, thinking about, oh, let's explore it, but how do you expect them to hear the gospel if you're, you're not telling them? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, these kids, a lot of them, they come from... They haven't done Sunday school, all that kind of stuff. They don't know anything about Jesus. And if we're not telling them, then they can't respond to the gospel. So question in your teams. Are you regularly sharing the gospel in your youth group? If yes, where and how's it going? And if no, how could you start? Go, three minutes. Sorry to cut your conversation short, but you can have further discussions outside of the setting. Huh? Apparently it was too quick, but... You can talk about it. No, I can't. But anyway, I'm going to make decisions to bring it back together. Um, So next one, beware of own sin and the need of a saviour. So in Isaiah 43, it says, I am the Lord and there is no saviour besides me. So if a young person has heard the gospel, then it is their choice if they're going to respond and they need to be aware of their own sin and respond to the need of a saviour. As youth leaders, we can invest we can take um, them out for many Nando's. I like Nando's, so I'm going to keep going about Nando's. Lots of people come to Nando's with me. Or we can take them out for a milkshake. We can invest time. We can talk to them. We can pray with them. But it's up to them to make the decision. We can't force the decision on them to um, decide to follow Jesus. And like we saw on the scale, the middle one is meet Jesus. So becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Making that decision to give their life to Jesus is in the middle of that scale. So over to you, Wayne. So this, this is something we very much live with as, as a team and, um, and, and grapple with um, of kind of what are we putting on, where does it connect, and what are we looking for within that area. So if we kind of just jump back. So if we look at kind of this, this stage, it might be that you say, actually, we, we really predominantly only work with young people kind of once they've made a commitment to Jesus. One, like, everything we do is really geared up to, to, to Christian young people. So I, I think if you, if you sit there and if, if that's kind of where your youth work is more aimed at, well, how do you still take responsibility for young people that are, that are kind of on that section of, of minus 10 to, 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 to minus 5, or minus 10 to, to 0. So I, I know that some of you will be limited in time and stuff, so we're a youth worker, we've got lots of kind of different stuff going on, but in, in previous years doing youth work, I, I, I was a lot more limited to, to where I could invest my time. So, so, so for me, I'd be saying, okay, well, I'm going to invest in young people to see them kind of come through as passionate followers because actually I know that my young people are then going into their schools and, and their colleges and their workplaces and, um, and they can be ambassadors for everything that we're, we're talking about of living out um, kind of 
connecting with young people that don't know um, Jesus, in, in loving and helping and supporting young people that don't know Jesus in their schools, in, in kind of sharing the, the, the gospel, in praying and, and um, um, looking for opportunities to, to display the, the power of, of, of Jesus. So, so that would be kind of how I would kind of say, well, if I, if I can empower these young people, this, this group, to go into the world and make an impact, then, then actually I'm, I'm still taking responsibility for this full scale. But there'll be some of you who are like, actually at the moment we are, we're, we're not working with young people that are Christians. We predominantly spend our time working with young people before they meet Jesus. So we are just in the schools connecting and, and, and serving. Actually, um, there'll be people here that your whole youth ministry will, will, will be in a position where you can never talk about Jesus. So when we go into schools, um, we, we go on the, um, uh, on the agreement that we're not there to kind of preach the gospel. We're just there to love young people, to support young people, to listen to young people. So, so part of the way that we can get Jesus into those young people is, well, we can't share the gospel, but we can just pray. We can just pray for them. We can pray and pray and pray that the young people that we're, we're connecting with in a, in a school where, where we've been brought in just to talk about behavior issues, um, that, that somehow um, they would find revelation of who Jesus is. And we've seen that. We've seen young people that, that we're working with in behavioral groups and stuff, um, uh, or, or kind of um, on one-to-one mentoring, that young people that suddenly ask us questions. So when we're in schools, if, if a young person asks us something, we are allowed to respond. As a Christian, I believe this and stuff, and there's opportunity um, to do that. Sometimes you've got to make sure you've got a good relationship with, with the school before you kind of would jump in with, with some of that. We've got a good relationship with the schools that we um, work with. So, so they're happy for us to talk about um, stuff if, of our Christian faith if young people ask. We're not allowed to impose that um, on young people and, and it's important that we respect um, the school in that way. But we've seen young people ask us. I've, I've had a young person that has asked me to pray um, for them and um, they were no, no understanding of, of God until I kind of went in, was, was working with this lad. His mum had um, died of cancer. He was really struggling with grief and um, built a relationship, encouraged him, spoke to him, supported him. And, uh, and he would then ask me questions. Well, what do you believe about kind of death? What do you believe about this? And, and sensitively, I'd have to kind of work through that. And one day he said, would you pray for me? And... Um, um, and, and I was able to kind of pray, pray with him, and, and that, was, that was fine in that kind of context. I've had another young person that, that, that said, can I start coming along to stuff that you do in, in church? So they got believing that God is using us in the context um, where we're, we're, we're working. And, um, but, but for you, if you are working in that kind of part of the scale, well, what does it mean for you to connect people to Jesus? If a young person does want to meet Jesus, what, what would you put in place? Where would you link them in? So how, how do we as youth workers see young people, take responsibility for young people right from kind of pre-Jesus, totally lost, through to walking with Jesus, becoming disciples of him and living that out passionately? I would put that out there as a challenge for you, something to be working through. If you're saying, okay, this is the stuff we're looking for in discipleship of young people, what are you doing to see it implemented what context are you creating? What are you, what are you kind of teaching into? How are you modeling it? What's your structure for discipleship? What's your structure for input? How are you living it out as, as kind of disciples yourself? 
following him, living for him, walking with him, and then seeing that kind of impact. Okay, we've just got a few minutes left, and I just wanted to kind of finish with these two slides that I um, kind of found on the internet. One was, well, they both talk about success, and um, I think this is quite a profound picture, um, and something that I know has kind of spoken to, to me um, about, of we don't know what's going on under the surface. I have had the privilege of, of, over the years, working in settings where I'm working with a very small um, group of young people, kind of planting a church with one teenager and, and, and supporting kind of um, a, a group starting off, working in kind of villages and, and towns with, with kind of um, smaller communities. And, and at the moment, kind of working for a, um, a, a church where we, we, we do have a lot of different things um, going on. But the thing that I've, I've just discovered more and more over the years, it really isn't about numbers. It really isn't about how much of a crowd you can gather. It's how deep young people are going with Jesus. It's, it's, it's knowing what he's doing. Um, it's, it's, it's giving him as much opportunity to, to go, go deep. And I love this picture because for some of you, you'll go, actually, I'm just investing and I'm not seeing much fruit. On the outskirts, it doesn't look like much is going on. But you don't know what God is doing in the life of that young person. I love Natalie's story of she, she was obviously totally kind of um, off the rails at one stage, like swearing at her youth leaders and kind of walking off and stuff. And I bet those young people would have looked and gone, actually, on the surface, there's just nothing there. But then you look at her now and you go, man, there was a lot going on under the surface. Jesus was at work. Jesus was doing a deep work, which has enabled her to come through as a disciple and stuff. So we don't measure success on what we can see. We don't measure success on, on how big things look and stuff. We're faithful in what God asks of us. We're faithful to what God gives us. And we believe that he's at work in all that we're doing. And then the, um, the second one is, I like things quite neat and ordered. I like to control stuff. I like things to be very straightforward. And often when it comes to working with young people, I, I want that first picture. I want to be like, okay, we're doing this, this, and this. We've got a nice scale. We've got little bits throughout it, kind of um, young people meet with Jesus, and they start doing this, this, and this, and it all kind of goes wonderfully and stuff. Reality is, working with doing youth ministry, it's up, down, and all over the place. One minute young people are going somewhere, the next minute they're backing off and, and all of that. And that is just, I think, the reality of life. It's a reality of people. It's a reality of relationship. It's a reality of my own life. And I can look back and go, there's times when I was moving forward, there's times when I was moving back forward and all that kind of stuff. So we don't measure success in a way of, of kind of a day-by-day -day thing. It's are we being faithful in that that God is giving us and calling us to? And uh, Ali's just got a story she's going to share on the back of that. So this happened quite recently, and I just felt it was right just to share. I think sometimes, as Wayne said, in these pictures, um, just give an idea of actually, we think it, um, why are we not seeing immediate kind of fruit? Why, when we invest with a young person, and they seem to be really far up that journey, and then all of a sudden, it feels like they've shoved it back in your face, and you're like, what, God, what on earth was going on? What were you doing in that situation? It took me six years to kind of invest in that young person, and now, like, what are they, where are they? Like, I don't see them. And um, basically, we had this amazing couple, a really elderly couple um, called John and Muriel, who used to serve in our Eden team. And we started, sorry, Eden's our Friday night youth club, 
And we started Eden about seven years ago, and they were one, a couple of the newest and first team members. They were in their 80s. They were, like, incredible. Like, so basically, John used to um, draw, so he had his little notepad. He would come to Eden and draw a portrait of the kid and literally write at the bottom, God loves you. And then Muriel, she was, like, literally, she was crazy. And um, she just loved, like, God's word. She's like, the young people need to know that they can't just sleep around and, like, we need to give it to them. We need to tell them what the Bible says. And that's how she would speak to you. And you're like, whoa, okay. So literally picture John and Muriel sat and then the young person sat in front of them. So Muriel would sit there and be like, blah, 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 and they couldn't move because John was drawing them. It's quite a good little like ministry, actually. But fair play. Um, so anyway, they served on Eden for years and years and years. And it, about five years in, um, Muriel came up to me and said, look, Ali, I love Eden. Like, I love these kids. I have such a heart for them. But we're just getting a bit too old. Like, our hearing is too loud. And she said, but I'm not going to give up. I want to start a prayer group on a Friday night. So when you guys are doing Eden, I'm going to pray in my house with whoever wants to, and I'm just going to pray for you guys. So every Friday, she used to text me going, Ali, you haven't sent me the prayer request yet. So I'd be like, oh, sorry, Muriel. So I would text her these prayer requests. Anyway, so they served and served and served. Sadly, last week, Muriel passed away. And um, her daughter was at church last Sunday. And when um, our lead pastor was sharing this with the church, one of the boys that Muriel literally had such a heart for was sat in the Sunday meeting. And um, he ran out just sobbing his heart out. And he, he just sat in, we got like a little area. And Muriel's daughter was at church on Sunday and saw this young boy running out. And basically, when Muriel, literally before she died, she said, there's these two young people who I'm just going to continue to pray for. Literally on her deathbed, she was praying for these kids. So her daughter went out of the Sunday morning service and basically said to, um, to the young person that Muriel like, loved you, like God's got such a plan for you, and said all this stuff to him. In the week, this kid was just still really like, why, why does she have to die? Like, really just like upset, crying his eyes out. And he texts my husband, Tom, this. He says, I told her daughter how much she had changed my life. I'm so blessed to have met her, and she helped me and others get out of what could have been a really bad lifestyle. Me and the other boys were talking about when we were invited to church almost three years ago, and they said about a prayer meeting. I went to the prayer meeting and saw Muriel. She took me and the other boys outside and said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And I was thinking, who the heck's this crazy lady? I don't even know her. But honestly, if I hadn't had that moment with her, I don't think I would be where I am today. It's made me realize I've got people that love me and a God who cares and is there for me. I was looking at cards from my baptism the other day and came across the gold Bible she gave me. I don't think I've ever been such a crybaby, but I honestly don't care. She was an absolute blessing to all of us. So these kids literally had broken families. They came into the youth club literally like just without any hope. They were naughty. They were just the kids that you're just like, just stop doing that. But Muriel loved them right till her deathbed, and she was speaking about them, and she was praying for them. And this guy, like it said, he, he got baptized from that, um, when like, like, this literally happened last week, and he's like, I need to change my life now. I need to start coming back to church. He's quit his job at KFC on a Sunday morning, so he's going to be at church. Literally, like, it's just amazing. And the reason I share that story is because sometimes in discipleship, we don't really know what God's doing. God does a lot of stuff that we don't necessarily see. It might be that you're planting seeds in young people's lives, and you won't necessarily see them. It could be when they're in their 30s or 40s or 50s, when they remember the conversation they had with you in a coffee shop, and they're like, oh, maybe I need to sort my life out. What Ali said to me, like, that's really stuck in my mind. But you might not necessarily see that. But I just want to encourage you, whether you've got a big youth group, a small youth group, whether you're just sat here like the discipleship of my young people just seems all over the place, or we've got it pretty sweet at the moment with discipleship. It's about seeing one life changed at a time. 
every conversation, every prayer that you pray, every time that you cry for the young people that you're like, God, please rescue them. God sees it all and he's doing stuff. We just have to sow into these young people and be faithful with what God's given us and be obedient to what God calls you to. It's not about the youth group that's sat next to you, whether they've got hundreds of kids. It's not about the person and their gifting. It's about you investing in who you believe God's given you. And we plant the seeds and God waters them by his spirit. And it's him that changes life, but he so amazingly uses us to do so. So keep going, keep um, mentoring young people, keep doing discipleship. God sees all that you're doing. He sees every conversation, every coffee, everything. And just keep doing it. Even if you're a place where you're just like, I can't do it anymore. I'm so frustrated. I'm so disappointed. Keep going because God is using you in your churches and in your cities and in your communities to impact this lost generation. Okay, we are just going to finish, but just to highlight um, this book that's in the bookshop, it's called Love Does. It's a brilliant one. I was going to show a little clip um, out of the audio of it, but we ran out of time and stuff. Um, but it just talks a lot about journey and life with people in a very simple, practical way. Um, Love Does, it, it is really a brilliant book. Um, so I'd encourage you to get that one.